Our faith influences our everyday life, and that is why theology matters. It's important we know what it is we believe and why we believe it. Join me, Cass, as we talk about theology and how it impacts our everyday life. We'll discuss cultural societal norms and taboo topics, all in light of biblical truths and standing firm in Christ. This is Her Theology. We love to celebrate St. Nicholas Day each year on December the 6th. Uh, St. Nick uh, was a very generous and godly man who gave his money to the poor and to the orphaned, and he always did it in secret, always wanting the thanks to be to God. So each year on December the 6th, our kids wake up to some chocolate coins in their slippers, um, and it's a great opportunity to talk about St. Nicholas um, giving generously and, and looking after others around us. Um, there's a great little book from Reformers. It's called Just Nicholas, and it's a great read with the kids. Explains a little bit about Saint Nick, and also has uh, the gospel message. Um, Saint Nicholas Day um, is something that um, we always celebrated growing up. Um, my sister and I, um, as my mum's European, and it's very popular in Europe. Um, and it's something now that we uh, enjoy in our house too. Most people have Christmas parties. We have water parties for Jesus. Our Christmas tradition has always been an annual water fight. Christmas Day gets quite hot, so it's always a great way to spend time together as a family and cool off. Okay, well, we are starting to do the Names of Jesus Advent calendar. So that, yeah, we get to see the different names that are given to Jesus um, throughout the Bible, which is very exciting, and discussing them. And then... There's another one that my husband is very keen to try. He has to explain that one to me a little bit more. Our Christmas tradition is to buy a real Christmas tree and we have that up through Advent. And then once Advent's over, we dry the Christmas tree out, leave it outside. And then when Lent starts, we strip the Christmas tree and we make a cross out of it. And we stick that cross in the house to remind us of Jesus' death through Lent. And then at the end of that season on uh, good uh, on Resurrection Sunday, um, we take that cross and we have a bonfire and we chuck it in the fire and we sing to celebrate Jesus' victory over death. One of my favourite Christmas traditions is Advent. Each night in December, before our kids go to bed, we pull out our Advent book, which is written by Anne Voskamp. It's called Unwrapping the Greatest Gift. And our kids each take turns to light a candle each night. So they light the candle and then we sit down and do our reading. And I love that even though it is aimed at our kids, there is something about spending each night in December working your way through the gospel story that by the time you get to Christmas Day, I just feel like my heart and mind have really been prepared to celebrate the whole meaning of Christmas. It's awesome and I love it every single year. It's just as good as the last year. Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you and praise your name for in perfect faithfulness you have done wonderful things, things planned long ago. 
You have made the city a heap of rubble, the fortified town a ruin, the foreigner's stronghold a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will honour you. Cities of ruthless nations will revere you. You have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy in their distress, a shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. On this mountain, he will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. Not your traditional Christmas passage, potentially, but one I wanted to share with you. It is Christmas time. It is well upon us. And I know this season can feel quite chaotic for all of us, regardless of what season we are in. And I wanted to make this episode short and sweet because, yes, I am sharing the Christmas traditions that many of you, the listeners, have shared with me. You've heard some already, but you'll also hear the rest towards the end of this episode. But I wanted to also encourage you with some scripture and just a few thoughts on Christmas as we enter it. Uh, I guess a little bit of a heart check, but more so an encouragement to say, let's celebrate and celebrate in a way that glorifies God and is full of joy and festivity and fun as much as possible. So I shared with you, and I just read out Isaiah 25, and I started out with that because that is a passage that I always consider and think of when I am struggling um, or when I kind of lose sight of what lays ahead of me, that when, when the world becomes heavy or when it becomes busy and I lose sight of the fact that this is just a passing place, This, as beautiful as it may be, or as messy or as hurtful as it may be, is just for a time. And then I look forward to a future where I'll be with Christ rejoicing at the greatest wedding feast there has ever or ever will be. And so I wanted to share that for those of you that are perhaps coming into this season, like many of you might be listening really excited for Christmas and just waiting for the day to come and you are excited with all the parties and the things that are happening in the lead up. But for many of you, I understand this could be a painful time. Maybe traditions hold some hurtful past memories. Um, Maybe it just feels like a heavy and weary time for you. But I just wanted to share that passage because I think it speaks to all of us, regardless of where we're at, that he will wipe away every tear. So those that are mourning or lonely or struggling during this Christmas period can remember that Christ has come. He is your greatest counsellor and that he has given you, hopefully, physically, but there is a community of believers around you where we can support one another in prayer, that he is going to use us in this season to build each other up and to comfort one another in times of distress. That your past, no matter how broken and hard it may be, doesn't define the promises that Christ has given you um, in your salvation. Those that are weary and heavy burdened, he came so that you may have rest, even in the midst of Christmas. Um, Christ meets us in the day-to-day and we know that and it it very much includes this season. 
So for those of you that are coming to this episode and maybe you're feeling a little bit heavy or you're a bit concerned about, oh, we've got a family catch up and there's just some messy dynamics going on there, just know you're not alone. We all have been through struggles through this period. Push into community, but also push into passages like Isaiah 25. Memorize them, keep them at the forefront of your mind and remember that On this mountain, the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, including you, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines, and he will swallow up death forever. He will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. What This is what Christmas is about. If God didn't come as fully man and as fully God, we would not be able to understand this passage in Isaiah. And that's what Christmas is about. It's yes, traditions are fantastic and fun. And yes, Christmas is about catching up with those we love, whether that's family or friends or our our church community, whoever it may be. But ultimately what Christmas is about is remembering who Jesus was, why he came the importance of that and what that means for us in our future, that we get to be in the presence of God, the creator of the universe. That is what we remember in Christmas. We can have communion during Christmas, remembering that that is just a picture, a representation of the incredible wedding feast that we will be partaking in when we enter the kingdom of heaven. And so with that note, I really wanted to share with you my personal journey. So for those of you that are new to Her Theology, my name is Cass, uh, and I definitely only a very short time ago, two to three years ago, was a passionate Grinch. I was not a fan of Christmas, and I had my reasons. I think 12 years of retail really traumatized me in that sense, but there were some other um, misunderstandings. I, I really did hold to the belief that Christmas was pagan and I've kind of addressed that in previous episodes and you can look that up yourself. There's plenty of content out there in Google if you just Googled it. Um, and so I just got caught up in, in a lot of different thoughts and views and kind of used a lot of that and cloaked that as a reason to just not participate and to kind of excuse a lot of Christmas away. Uh, and over the course of the last few years, um, God has worked massively in my heart and it's been through prayer and through really beautiful community as well that has challenged me on some of these thoughts. And I also read a book by David Mathias, uh, which I highly recommend, which is called The Christmas We Didn't Expect, which is an advent. Um, I read it nearly every year. Um, and it is just a great book that really sets your eyes on Jesus. But anyway, I want to share with you, I have been slowly transforming into a Christmas lover. Uh, <laughs> and we, we're starting to Uh, create and introduce our own traditions. Some of them I um, have brought over from my childhood and some are new. Uh, But one thing that I'm really increasing in understanding and really looking forward to and desiring for Christmas is this sense of enjoyment and feasting and celebration. Uh, I think we as Christians have the best reason to celebrate Christmas in in all its fullness. And when we have Jesus as the forefront and the centerpiece of all that we are doing around Christmas. It's the reason for the season, right? Uh, Then we should go above and beyond. And so I wanted to just remind you of Mary that anointed Jesus with oil. And this oil would have cost her a year's wage. 
and she thought him worthy. She knew he was worthy of that. She poured this oil out and anointed him with an oil that cost her a full year's wage. It's mentioned in all four Gospels. It is of significance, this story. She understood the cost and the way in which she should approach her Lord and Saviour. And we also see Jesus in the wedding feast. One of the first uh, miraculous signs he does is he turns water into wine and not just any wine, the best wine. Now, yes, there's a lot of lot of, a lot for us to digest in that passage, but one aspect is the fact that Jesus is pointing us towards the ultimate wedding feast that will take place, that he gives the best of everything for his children and that he willingly and joyfully gives. He sacrificially gave himself, but he gave himself because he loved us. We see Jesus in Luke 12, 32. This is one of my favorite passages, and yes, it's addressing anxiety, but I think it's just a great reminder of the God we serve, how he is our father and how he looks to us like he, how he looks to us as his children and he wants to spoil us, not so that we may become arrogant and puffed up with pride, but rather because he bestows on us good things. He loves us. And it says in Luke twelve thirty two, Fear not, little flock, for it gives the Father great joy to share the treasures of heaven. I have remembered that verse. I am teaching that to my children because I want them to understand that when we love someone, when we love, we, we are generous towards them. We are honest with them. We um, support them. And that's what I want this Christmas to represent. And so I wanted to share that in light of this Christmas coming up and saying, don't be scared about going over and above. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying we should go and be gluttonous and I'm not saying we we should go and be um, foolish with our money. Yes, there is massive heart checks that need to happen. I'll read out for you a section um, of an article by David Mathias, which I was just talking about, um, on Desiring God, which I'll link in the episode notes. But this was a good good heart um, test, I guess, as well for anyone that's struggling with what I'm saying. He says here, God made us for rhythms and cadences, for feasting and fasting, for noise and crowds and silence and solitude. There is some help, even if minimal, in identifying and naming the extremes of sustained opulence and austerity. We need a place for both financial feasting and fasting. We should abhor the prosperity gospel and not be snookered by stinginess masquerading as Christian stewardship and be aware and beware that running up large credit card debt is likely giving beyond our means. So he's kind of showing here that there is a rhythm Um, And we have fasting and feasting. And this is a time where we can feast and do it in a way that glorifies God. And we can present what we do in a way that is magnificent and um, exemplifies what it would be like to serve the King. I think it is fantastic when we can show our children that we, or our family and our friends and our church community, that we love them by going about above and beyond by gifting them and thinking through what it is they would really like and what brings them joy because we care, we, we know who they are, we want to know their heart and we've really thought this process through. And so this Christmas I want to encourage you, how can you go above and beyond? How can you 
glorify the king? How can you serve the king and serve others um, by by spoiling them? And that might not necessarily mean by gifts, but spoiling them with time or in acts of service. How can you display to those around you that you love them because Christ loved you first? This will look different for every individual. Um, You need to come to a place of prayer and reconcile what you feel is right for you and, and go with that conviction. But I did want to encourage you just this season to enjoy to celebrate and rejoice in what Christmas represents, that God, fully God and fully human, came in flesh and became a babe and went through this world and suffered in our place and then gave us the spoils of heaven. And that that is an incredible reward we look forward to and we celebrate this Christmas. And so I want to end on the passage with Mary in Luke 1 where she is singing her song her song of praise and it says my soul magnifies the lord and my spirit rejoices in god my savior for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant for behold from now on all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation He has shown strength with his arm and he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. Mary, his mum, knew this and and followed him as a disciple, not just his mum, but as a disciple, um, and we read that all through the Gospels, she saw him for who he was, that he was the king that had come in this little human form and already she was praising him while he was in the womb. I pray that that's our heart this Christmas, that no matter where we're at, whether we are in the best place ever or we're feeling in the lowest of lows, that our spirit would rejoice in God our Saviour that he would remember that he has looked on the humblest state of us, of you, and that you are blessed. You are blessed because of him and holy is his name. His mercy is for you because you fear him. And we have the chance this Christmas to teach that to the next generation as well. This very God has created on a mountain ready for us in heaven a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine and the best of meats and the finest of wines. I pray you feast and you feast well, however that may look this Christmas. I pray that the traditions you try to implement or maybe fail to implement, which is story of my life, there's been a lot of traditions I wanted to implement and haven't done, I pray that these traditions would be a joy and that they would point you towards Christ. I pray that it would be a time of healing for those that are catching up with family and friends that have brokenness or disconnection. You know, Jesus can perform miracles. He still does to this day. And I have seen families reunited and healed. And so I just pray that right now for any any family that's going through that and struggling. 
And I just pray that it would just be a time of refreshing in the word of God, that you would be excited to get in his word this season, that, that, that verses would come to life, that the Holy Spirit would bring them to the forefront of your mind as you celebrate and rejoice this Christmas. And so in the midst of unwrapping gifts or in the midst of feeling a little bit too full, (laughs) I pray that it would all be done with a joyful heart and a heart to serve others and to serve the King. Enjoy these next few traditions that you will hear and I will speak to you in the new year. We celebrate birthdays with pancakes and ice cream and so Christmas is another day that we do that and we remember Jesus. This year we're continuing our Jesse tree tradition where we put a ornament based on a Bible story on the Christmas tree each day in Advent. So we see the story of the Bible leading up to Jesus. And another fun thing that my boys like to do is when we light the Advent candles each week, they love singing happy birthday to Jesus. A tradition that I do with my children, which was actually one that I had growing up myself, is my parents used to keep all of our Christmas books under the Christmas tree. So each night we would go and read all the Christmas stories we had under the tree by the lights. And I've continued that with my own children, which is just really nice. So one of the traditions that we do on Christmas is we try as a nuclear family, so me, Tim, and the kids, before we join other families to spend time together in the morning. Um, and we always worship together, just really simply in the living room, um, and we open presents together, um, which is really nice. We have breakfast together, so we just make sure that we have some quiet time. We read some scripture. We just, before we get into the hustle and bustle of the day and meal, big meals and lots of people, we just make sure that we have that, um, yeah, just that time before the Lord. We like to celebrate every day in December leading up to Christmas Day with an advent calendar and in each of the pockets is a little note that the children wake up to and pull out and they say little activities um, or little good deeds to do on that day. So it could be making a Christmas milkshake, a Christmas themed sensory play, taking a Santa photo or some crafts. Another one is to donate some toys to give joy to others, Um, baking Christmas cookies, making salt dough, Christmas ornaments and lots of fun things like that. 